destination. Eat, drink. Cooking soul food on the bus, jars of Tony's seasoning, and bringing a musical party around the world. I'm Brent Peterson, and this week we're talking to the crown prince of Zydeco, C.J. Chenier, on Destination Eat Drink, on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Well, that was a nice one, man. Welcome to another highly professional episode of... The winemaker. Well, I mean, he is a listener, so therefore, we must appear to be professional. Yes, <laughs> for our listening public. Totally. <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to the winemakers. How nice is it to be able to say that after whose whose wow. voice is that? Twelve week absence. Wow. So nice to be back. Welcome, Hi guys. How you doing? Welcome back, John. Welcome to the epicenter of winemaking for. North America, Sonoma, California, on the run from the fires up north, and uh, everybody just kind of hanging out at the back of the tasting house. We're at 16600. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing great, John. Good to see you, brother. Here, yeah, we're sharing. You too, man. <laughs> Excellent. Sam, I saw you yesterday. Uh, you were heading down to Concord to get uh, Alice and uh, Althea. From, from one smoke zone to another smoke zone. Yeah, did you get yeah. down and back okay? Yeah, you know, actually, the air was worse down in Concord that you know far east bay than it has been at all here in Sonoma I think that a lot of that's from that grizzly fire right the, it, from uh, grizzly island yeah it's like basically she saw it from the the plane basically just like smoldering uh delta islands that you can't really do anything about you just got to let them burn themselves out right um i don't know it's the smoky well what the hell's going on in LA man this town, town's on fire. Tom Petty wrote that song, L.A.'s Burning. <laughs> oh, God. It's just, we're living in, you know. Too prescient. Prophetic times. Well, and Bart, I haven't seen you for a long time either. But Hello, John. What have you been doing? Good. I'm recovering <laughs> from my uh, hip reconstruction. So It's good to have you back. It's fine. I can walk. I can. It's a beautiful thing to be able to walk. And the next place I want to test it out is... Um, Givernay, Jacqueline and Park or Givernay, something? Uh, okay. over northwest of Paris, and then end up in Avignon <laughs> for an extended period of time. God damn it. <laughs> I'm ready. And then we have um, Steve Waymeyer. I hope I pronounced that right. That's perfect. That's yeah. good. Um, Steve is a local grape grower here. He has a vineyard called Lazy Dog Vineyard. Sells to the folks at Valley of the Moon and Lake Sonoma. Gotta love the name. And um, and Steve just harvested some of his grapes last night. Yeah, my pad hit the pillow at 4.30 in the morning. There you go. <laughs> so it was a nice long night. There 17 tons of Cabernet. There you go. Cool. Wow. Last night. Yep. Wow. Into macro bins? Yep. So 40? How many did you fill? Yeah. Uh, 38. 38. So that's are you, are you big, maxed that's a out? a big night. Huh? Are you maxed out? I hear storage is maxed out everywhere. Well, our problem is there's no power at the winery, and their generator just blew a head gasket. So, <sighs> but why would they have to have a generator? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we live in civilization. There should be power whenever you need it, especially if you're a business. We still have about another 15 tons hanging. So really? We're, we're not going to finish that tonight? No, because there's no place to take it. So we're kind of in a limbo area right now. God, that's a, get right. such a shame, man. Really is all that good fruit? Well, the, at least you know, um, unlike 
previous vintages of the you know going through all this um you know at least in Sonoma Valley this concept of smoke taint um isn't really a concern right now uh, you know we have some haziness you can smell it a little bit but certainly nothing in the the concentration point where you know letting your grapes hang a little bit i, I think actually the thing i'd be more worried about now is frost it was 35 degrees this morning it was yeah. damn cold this morning for <laughs> it yeah, i don't even tell you you were snow in it everywhere in it i have my winter coat on denver to chicago snow just a blanket this morning yeah but 10 yeah, inches of snow I, and I, I think you're sorry I, I think you're right sam is the fact is is that um there is smoke here but it's 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 filtering in you know we're yeah. a long ways away from it i i haven't been up to kenwood i think kenwood's worse than here down here yeah, i mean so um, yeah, it was too good. Well, that's yeah. all. No, um, we so we picked the last grapes were sixteen six hundred yesterday Monday morning here in Sonoma, um, you know, and we definitely kind of pushed our schedule of everything right. to get ahead of any potential smoke damage. Um, picking the last grapes for Enterprise Vineyards total across you know all eight hundred acres today, which is probably you know. Um, we're having some big days. They're, I think they just picked uh, they, their second load of 15 bins out of uh, Mount Veter. So you're talking, you know, probably 12, 15 tons out of there today. Um, you know, just crushing every last berry that's out there. But again, you know, we I canceled Vinyl Sunday. We were, yeah. as far as what Sonoma Valley has experienced, other than you know, power out and, and internet out and on all these things. Um, we're, we're, we've, you know, gotten the, the a lucky break as far as all that goes. I mean, it's, I, I, you know, I, it's blue skies right now. You right. don't smell smoke. The wind is calm. Right. It was, you know, Sunday was maybe the prettiest day we've had in, in like a month. It was, it was, uh, it's a, pretty bizarre. A, a couple observations for me about it is that when we had the first power outage two weeks ago, roughly, um, they just shut everything down, right? All downtown was shut down. Even around the hospital was shut down. Um, that was pretty heavy handed. And, and, right. and when they came, when they turned it back on, they sent these helicopters um, up, you know, to inspect the wires and everything. And this last one they shut down. It seems like they kind of left the business corridors all um, energized. Right. Um, you know, the winery area was all energized until last night when there was the. The local fire that took right. out that took just, out the power just straight up that that was good old-fashioned um arson m- arson yeah. domestic uh a, you know, domestic, a domestic situation right. fueled by not wind but methamphetamines right um right. which <laughs> is um, highly flammable so, situation so, so 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 but but i think the thing i thought that was interesting when the power came on last night I had heard on KCBS that, you know, they're sending out a fleet of 200 helicopters to inspect the lines. So I kept waiting to hear helicopters. I saw, I I saw a helicopter hel- yesterday. You did? Okay. I saw a helicopter flying over. Um, we were up at Repree, and, you know, it was it was below us and down in the canyon flying over the line. So they were out, you know, definitely I don't think they were as concerned. I, I think pg and yeah. working really hard to do a good marketing job. Um, to be quite honest, they're just trying. I mean, to- isn't that uh, you know? Look, I, middle of the night, Sunday, Saturday <laughs> night. It's you know, winds are howling, and I'm 
cursing the fact that they didn't turn the power off at right. my house right. because you know a it was terrifying and b you know like my motion sensor lights kept going on and off because <laughs> of the tree branches and it's just like why when my power was off the situation seemed way less terrifying than it did when the power was on uh, you know your power was off right bart yeah, yeah, we were off until yeah. uh, last night about six. And is it on now? It's on now because so Enterpr- my parents has been off most of this time. Went on last night and then they turned it back off this morning. Oh, they did. Okay, yeah. um, Steve and Cindy um, Law from McLaren, they haven't had it. I think since Saturday, no and power. They've never gotten anything back. Right, and they're they're next they're to in, landmark. They're next to landmark, right. and he looks out his kitchen window and looks at the lights at landmark, and Tri Tips has got power. But th- that was all generators. Yeah, and okay. tri- somebody okay. stole Tri Tips okay. generator in the middle of it too. Okay, as well as Cody Binkley. Yeah, that sucks. It's well, just, you know, like, people are they needed yeah. to. Those are the same people. People that, needed to turn the you know Bunsen burners on, on yeah. their on their meth. Those are, those are the same people that go into evacuated areas and try to break into places. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how so. nice of them, huh? Uh, who was it? I guess it was your brother yesterday saying that uh, somebody had hired a ton of uh, private security, and he was thinking it might be over at John's place. And uh, just as he said, right, it was there was a bunch fl- of bunch uh, of sh- yeah you know, off duty sheriffs yeah. hanging at it. Some uh, and, you know somewhere, I think somebody hired t- him. I mean, over at Tri Tip, you know, but yes. hanging out, and waiting he's trying for to figure a out what a group of a dozen right. uh, sheriff guy, off duty sh- sheriff, cops guys that have shirts that say "I am not a cop" on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like at your place, Bart, during that windstorm? Yeah, I mean, in the city it was insane, but up on the hill, you, you know what I noticed about that was all night long it was swirling winds, and it was it's that sound when you feel like your roof is going to pull off. You can kind of hear the nails stretching. Um, we had, you know, small branches um, come down, but we do a lot of tree trimming in the off season to, so we don't have those problems. Um, but it was, again, all swirling uh, and definitely high speed. What amazed me is when I came down into the valley early in the morning, how it was just sustained wind from one direction. Yeah. And it seemed a lot like it was blowing a lot harder. Yeah, We um, had guests at our house that night, and this 25-year-old girl was just crying. I mean, she was in tears. You know, It was, it was blowing so hard in the valley. Down at the bottom yeah. of the valley, it just was a constant, constant. Well, it is a scary sound. Yeah. It really is, but... Nothing like a fire. Well, Thank you know, God, we're not involved. Well, you didn't in know that. the fire was blowing this way either. You, you right. knew because the smoke wasn't there, but right. Well, know. so they're saying that it's one way or the other with the winds coming up again tonight and tomorrow. Which way does the fire go? South uh, into the, I guess Windsor and Santa Rosa right, area, or, or west into Healdsburg? Healdsburg. Yeah. I can't I, imagine how you. Well, I mean, you pull out everything to protect a town like that. Good Lord. Right. Well, I mean, that's what well, the, the, they kind of did that, right? Yeah. Well, and that's why they, you know, I, I mean, the national new, and who knows by the time this goes out, there'll be seven other stories that are like dominating the national headlines. But, you know, f- over the weekend, the headline was basically half of Sonoma County by land uh, was evacuated. They evacuated from Healdsburg to, to the, the coast, Bay. To, to the Bodega Bay. And, you know. That's it was literally, you know, you're talking about an area that's half the size of the state of Rhode Island, you know, 200,000 people. Um, but that was it was, you know, super, super cautious. We can also imagine, you know, from from 101 Highway in Healdsburg 
to the coast hasn't burned in five generations. So if that had gotten over there with those winds that they were talking about, there's no way, there's no way out. So all of that was just like, you know, seeing what happened in, in paradise last year and in, you know, Tubbs fire and, in 17 and, and, you know, Reading last summer, although they just, you know, there's no, there's no messing around with any of it anymore. It's just clear entire counties. Right. And, as opposed to having to, you know, rescue people in the middle of, you know, firestorms. And and uh, I thought... Definitely some, made for freaking headlines, though. Yeah. Uh, something I heard on the uh, weather the other day was the guy said, well, the only thing that's going to stop this is for it to rain. And it has to be a lot of rain. Because, you know, remember there were fires last year during the middle of the winter right. in L.A. or in Southern California. So it really is. It's all about... It, and this is, I think, probably the new normal is that the fires are going to get worse. And we also prove that things that burn can burn again. Right. Because those mountains up there have burned and burned in the last fire. And there was so much new growth that it all just burned. Yeah, again. Well, we had giant rain last year. Everything yeah. grew back. Yeah. So this is our third harvest in smoke. Right. So it's the right. new normal. It's, it's the new normal. That's it, yeah. We're, you know wineries until they blow head gaskets wineries now all you know part of your necessary equipment is a you know semi-trailer sized generator that you can plug in so that when you know not the wind but when the power company decides that it's time to turn the power off you can continue making wine you know uh, at the cost of an extra thousand dollars to two thousand dollars a week to have one of those generators parked outside your winery and if you don't need it you know you're gonna pay that but um you know i know the wineries that we work with of all you know they hear about the psps happening the public safety power shutoff bs the pspsps psps um and they get the the electricians to come and flip them over to generator power because you can't you know we're the stakes are too high yeah for it you know to to gamble on you know the power company so what vineyards up there have been affected i mean well, I, i'm thinking about limerick lane because he's right in the middle of that. yeah i mean I, I i don't know about limerick lane i haven't heard anything I think negative he's on the about other it. side of the highway isn't he no he's on the right side of the highway but he's okay. very close to the highway and i don't think it quite got down that yeah. far um you know uh of course the wilson family had um what was the vineyard in alexander valley that we know burned uh, um, soda, rock. soda rock soda rock which is where we had our lunch uh, and and break during for the chef cycle mm. um and so in th- that whole area is what we rode through a couple times and i can understand how it burned right i mean it was you know a two-lane road with trees you know like a tunnel right um and it's like a big canyon so right. um so that burned and then um Fieldstone, which is a older winery right. from the late '60s, early '70s, burned. I think is that where the big uh, Burning Man art installation no, was? That, that was the that was Soda Rock. Soda Rock from right. the the Wilson family. Yeah. Um, and then you know uh, Barbara Banky's house, the right. the Jackson family owners' home burned in the very beginning of this whole thing. Um, I don't think we know what sort of like vineyard damage has been. Um, you know, everybody talks about vineyards being. Fire breaks. I, you know, I did a Twitter rant about how well that's a sometimes dangerous, they are, sometimes, sometimes they, they aren't. aren't. Right? Yeah, We've had two fires through our vineyard. Oh yeah, no yeah, vineyard. I mean, I've it's, watched it's not unusual. Watched vineyards burn. I mean, it, you know, there's 
rubber, there's and there's plant matter, and that all burns. Um, so you know, I think we're a long way from knowing the extent of the damage. The other thing is, you know, you can say, um, you know, maybe Bart's and Brian have spent more time up there than I have, but um, you know, we're closer to Napa than we are to most places in in Alexander Valley. I don't know the geography, the geology, or the, or the the names up there like I do right. places down here. It's, I mean, it's that. You know, that's the bizarre thing about all this is um, it's it's pretty far from where we are in Sonoma Valley. And I know lots of people have been reaching out and, you know, if everything's okay here. Here it's, you know, the inconvenience of the power out and the, and the internet yeah, I mean, out a, and the it's smoke. An hour, it's an hour north it's, of us. It's here. an hour north of us. You know, so it, we canceled Vinyl Sunday because we just didn't know what the situation would be like. It was It was the right decision, but we ended up with... You know this bizarrely great day in the tasting room. You know, clear skies, happy, smiling people from all over the country, and then you know you pull out and you're driving you know through the valley and you see this plume of smoke 40 miles away, and then you're like remembering the hell that they're going through because we went through it two years ago. Yeah, um, it was it was a very it's a very surreal thing because we we're in this little Sonoma Valley bubble um, where you know we're, our our impacts are pretty minimal, um, yeah. but it's you know you definitely feel for. Do you have any PTSD or anything when you I, see that? You know, I mean, yeah. you were in the heart I, of all that. I, I, um, I yes, I mean you know, I don't I don't I don't you know not diagnosed and I don't want to like make light of you know PTSD from you know seri- you know people who've been through you know war zones and all that. But you know we were we went through a, a war zone that lasted for a week. Yeah, um, I was definitely traumatized going back to the winery but that was yeah. working with tony biagi not right yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> just joking tony just joking from a tornado and not from a fire um no Some but, most people don't do it twice now yeah, yeah. Uh, you know i heard somebody on the radio who's uh their house burned down in the tubs fire they were living in their parents guest house in in somewhere you know up in Alexander in Valley in Windsor in Windsor yeah. and their parents' house didn't burn down but the guest house that they were living in with their family burned down yeah. you're like you, you know twice in in less than you know just over a, a two year span you know um, and you know I think that everybody in Sonoma Valley went was triggered on on Saturday night you know when those winds picked up like clockwork two a.m. You know, if if you didn't have lights on in your house, you couldn't turn them on. But I think everybody else turned their lights on and was you know glued to to Twitter and Nixle and even it was if you like were trying a to switch s- turned on, didn't it? It, it, it like, like all of a sudden it's perfectly calm and right. then boom. Well, that was the weirdest thing. That was weird. All Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, talking about this you know windstorm coming. It was truly the yeah. calm before Beautiful. storm. There was not a breath of wind. Sort of skies like right were clear. Uh, right now is. The breeze you'd expect from a, you know, just a beautiful sunny day. fall and afternoon. When are, the, when are the winds? They sort of backed it off a little bit this afternoon. Sometime this evening, yeah. Until until late tomorrow. Late right? tomorrow, yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of smiling, happy people, Bart opened an 09 Syrah from Dane Sellers, and I'm one of those smiling, happy people because it's awful goddamn good, Bart. Jeez, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's wow. it's interesting. It's tasting pretty good. I know. At the end of the time that it was at the girl and the fig, Brian and I both kind of decided that it was time to stop pouring it because it was getting a little, um, it was it was a little um, vinegary, little VA showing. 
I don't pick up on this bottle anymore. No, the, the first thing I thought of right when right I now. tried it was, you know what? This needs to sit down for a little while longer. Yeah, it's, it's really, and and this has not been. Right? I mean, I have a number of cases of this, but it's this one hasn't been stored properly. It's been. Um, no, I mean it tastes good, but I'm, what I'm saying is that, that like the potential for more age right. on that thing is totally there. Yeah, which is really surprising. Which is crazy, right? It's an 09. <laughs> We're drinking it 10 years already. I'm buying a lot of Sam's 08, and it's awful good too, man. I love that stuff. There's not much left in there. That oh, w- that's why they, we keep coming back and they're going like, there's more holes in that Syrah wall than there was last time I was here. <laughs> and Brian hasn't been here to like open John more has. random bottles of library wine that he's pouring for guests, air quotes. Uh, <laughs> gotta learn, I'm trying to learn a little bit more about the winery and the wines and the history day. of the vineyards. <laughs> So I'm just trying to educate myself a little bit further, but also, you know, helping the guests find something that's incredible to right. take home. Or and, you know, age-worthy wine should be opened every once in a while to see how age-worthy it really right, is. Right, exactly. <laughs> so that way you can... Right. That 2010, so I opened up a bottle of 2010 Zinfandel at the hotel the other day because we had a cheese and wine pairing for these people. And um, I knew that it wasn't on um, any inventory anywhere. <laughs> And so I was like, fuck it, let's just open that up, open it up. And that thing went so fast. And I tried it. And then the next day, Jasmine and I, I was, I was like, hey, do we got any 2010 Zinfandel sitting around? And we pulled out a bottle and started pouring it. Like, I think we sold like six bottles in two days or something. I, I, I recently opened a, the 13 Zin, um, and it's tasting really fresh and, and really good. That, you know, the it, it's the vineyard, right? Yeah. Um, that 2010, though, specifically, um, we had a, a writer in town from like Decanter or World of Fine Wine. We we're doing like a Moon Mountain District, you know, PR push, and so we had at my parents' house for dinner, you know, uh, this writer and George Hamill and Jeff Baker and you know a bunch of these you know a bunch of Moon Mountain District affiliated folks, and obviously the the focus is always about Cabernet. We opened a 2010. This was three or four years ago, opened a 2010 uh, estate Zinfandel made by Jeff Baker. And we, you know, we had had like, you know, 97 Carmenet, 85 Carmenet, like all these great wines that Jeff had been responsible for. And we opened that and, and pour some for him. And he probably hadn't tasted it since we bottled it. And he goes, this might be the best wine I ever made. <laughs> it's like, don't tell that to m- anybody at Stone Edge. Don't tell that to anybody at Carmenet. Right, right, right. But I'll, I'll say it on the radio. <laughs> for sure. Brian, how's your wine doing, buddy? What's going on? Uh, my wa- I haven't seen my wine. I'm actually missing my wine. I need to go see my wine. Bart has been lovingly taking care of my wine, but it's just sitting in barrels and, you know, just resting. and. It's dry. We're stirring the barrels once a week um, and thinking about breaking down our partial because um, it's oh just Oh, yeah, time. we need a keg. Paul thought maybe we could ask you about a keg. <laughs> All right, I gotta go. Yeah, we'll talk about, we'll talk about <laughs> gigs later. Yeah, thanks. All right, Sam. Thanks. Why well, here? You want to make some Cabernet Rosé? Well, <laughs> <laughs> ever marketing here. I just like free stuff. Like when someone says, "Oh yeah, I got a whole vineyard of Cabernet that no one's picking," and like you know, if someone will just come pick it, I'm like, "Oh, it's free." <laughs> Well, well, so, you know, I, another bottle that I brought that we opened here is um, from our friend uh, Will, uh, William, William Allen um, of Two Shepherds, and um, it's from Sara Lee's Vineyard 2014 Grenache, and I brought it because it was um, given to us by a listener to open it all together, 
and um, they got evacuated um, from the winery. Uh, so, uh, and he's uh, been very, very watchful of his property as the fire, you know, got is burning towards them. Um, so, uh, he was actually on a plane going to New York for the Raw Wine Festival, and he had to turn around and come back. Wow. So, um, this anyway. is in Todd Jolly's shipment too, I think. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, it's really good. Yeah. You guys hadn't tried it already. I, I haven't tried it yet. Oh yeah. No, I went for that first because I've had your 09 Syrah. I know what that thing's going to do. So I was like, <laughs> I'm trying that Grenache first. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. Yeah, it's pretty, isn't it? Oh, I'm um, happy. This is much nicer than uh, being on ice at my place, Bart. Well, John, you know, you're <laughs> back now. We're going to go Thursday and we got Karen Robinson and we're going to hear about uh, about bicoastal winemaking. Um, right. Although it's not really because he's living back there, but he's making wine out here. Well, they just the, opened a tasting room outside of downtown Philly, so and fun to hear about that. We sent some friends over, so it's a it's a very positive thing. So, <laughs> well, and, and now, so uh, anyway, it's I'm just happy to be here. That's the nicest thing I can say. It's just been uh, yeah, and what, cooped what, up, man. What does this mean? Does this mean that you're on, you're back? You're, does this mean you're back, or are you just making a guest appearance today? I'm making a guest appearance for today. I don't know what I'm doing on <laughs> Thursday, man. Yeah. One day at a every, time. Every time I do this, I spend the next two days on ice. Okay, you know? so there you go. <laughs> All right, well, enjoy yeah, it I heard you here. made it out for the Shen Blue lunch, you know. I um, did. Yeah. I made that. No, no surprise there. Why not? <laughs> You know, I mean, I'm going to suffer one way or the other, so what the hell? It's all good. Well, wasn't that fun, though, to, get, you know, just show up for lunch at the Girl in the Fig and you're sitting with Zelma Long and her husband, Phil? And I like and, it, and uh, they want to they want to And Nicole Rollet from Sean Blue. And She's such a sweetheart. You got Sandra and just food showing up yeah. at the table, Every, wine being poured. Every, that's that, that was like a dream. I love those kind of days. Yeah, me too. Right? I like it. That's yeah. why I moved here, man. This, this is why we do what we do. It's yeah. perfect. So, yeah. You know, it was interesting yesterday, sitting out back here for a minute, uh, because Phil came in and Sam's brother came in and Isabel uh, stopped by. They were just finishing their picks. and uh, But it was like the epicenter of, of winemaking here. It's just, it's you know, have a couple different generations working and, and this whole new thing with Isabel Gassier and Gassier? Glassier? G? Gassier. Gassier. Gassier yeah. uh, and this whole new style, uh, a French style, making wine with our fruit. I think it's going to be fantastic. I mean, I exactly how different it is. I'm not sure. Well, I, there I is mean, a there is a stylistic difference, bro. Right. Well, I I, I mean, th they're doing it according to Philippe Combe's. He's making the calls and you know using the techniques that he's calling out. There's not to say that there aren't winemakers using those techniques here and um, and doing the same things or doing variations on the same things or using parts of the things because there's a lot of winemakers here in the north coast who have had training by you know worked in france and a lot of our oh, guests yeah. have done that so yeah. um but but yes i mean the fact that they're taking you know specific wines and making them completely under philippe combi's calls i mean that's that's showing dedication to something so um is yeah. that Should the splash over from tank to tank that they're doing is that one of the techniques that's 
Well, so one of the things, and I don't know specifically because I try not to ask too many questions like I'm trying to get free information. That's what I the, always that, am. That's what the podcast is for. But I know one of the techniques is delassage, which is where um, during fermentation when the red wines are on skins, you pump all the wine out or juice or wine out of the tank into the alternative, all, into an, a different tank. You let it set for a while and then you pump it back over. And that's a very popular French technique. And what does that do, you think? It, um, I don't really know what they're going for with it. Okay. Is it to more oxygen? To be quite honest. Um, it, it, is it more oxygen? I guess. But there's not much oxygen in that. I mean, it, it's a completely, it's all CO2. Um, you know, even when it goes into the tank, there's still CO. I mean, it, it might be exposed to oxygen. Maybe during the splashing it is. I think more than anything else is a lot of times the amount of wine that they want to pu put over the skins, it's a way to know that you got a complete pump over so that you completely turned over 100% of the grapes back onto the skins. You know, when you do pump over as opposed to punch downs, you sprinkle the wine over the skins from the bottom of the tank and you usually do it for an amount of time and that's decided by how much the winemaker how many gallons he wants to turn over the tank and so then you know you tell a guy do it 15 minutes well that's 15 minutes at x amount of gallons per hour um you know is he actually doing it at that level who knows so it's only as good as the person doing the job you know well and is that a more is a pump over a more gentle process than punching down then or does it depend on well, the diameter well, of the hose that you're on, using? Yeah, it, it does. You know, are right. you using a sprinkler, an irrigator, where it does um, gently go over it? Are you using a hose at high pressure where you're actually, you know, like a fire Shooting hose? Shooting it over, right. And, and people do both, huh. you know? Um, everybody has a different style that they feel, and it's different between different um, uh, winemakers and wines. So I would mm. say the most gentle is either a very light punch down, you know, or... Um, a pump over and the most aggressive is a fire hose or just a hose under pressure just trying to break some trying skins to, up yeah, and separate yeah. stuff and right yeah. is some of it just a matter of an invention because of what room you have because i was over at stone edge and talking to jeff baker and he said we don't have room to do what they're trying to ask us to do over here so they had to kind of shift their winemaking to someplace else to have the extra tanks and everything else associated with yeah them. i mean it, it definitely takes you know you always have to have another tank and and to really to do it efficiently if you have multiple tanks that you're doing this with then you need to have multiple tanks to to take the juice out of because it takes time to do this stuff yeah. so if you have to do four tanks to to go into one tank and then go back is not as efficient as because you have some time in between as going into four different pumps going into four different tanks right yeah it sounds like a lot of work yeah well it's so opposite of when you hear about gravity flow where they design a whole winery with four stories and they don't want it ever to have anything going on it's kind of seems the opposite of it it seems like a lot rougher way of making wine Again, but different varieties. Like nobody's. I don't think a lot. Of, let me rephrase this. I don't think a lot of people are are worried about with Cabernet, with you know big, big bold wine Syrah. Um, they're not as worried about as being how gentle it is. Okay. You know, Syrah benefits from getting some oxygen. You know, Cabernet benefits from getting some oxygen. It makes the wines a little more approachable earlier. Um, then there's things like Grenache where, you know, you, t you treat it like Pinot Noir and 
or you treat Pinot Noir and Grenache like you t treat Chardonnay, you know, almost white wine making to preserve everything and not let anything, any oxygen get to it. But gravity flow but, is but, like... But, but then to the other point is this thing that Philippe's calling for is pretty aggressive, you know, so... Yeah, because it's on I, Grenache, again, right? Right. So again, it's... Yeah. it's I, I'm, I have my way of doing it. And That's what makes it all way. fun. Right. That's the best exactly thing about right. this whole wine business. If you want to buy Budweiser, you can buy Budweiser, but you want one of Bart's wines versus someone else's wines. It's all different. Thank God. Cheers, man, yeah. on that one. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, Bart, back to your Syrah. Beautiful stuff <laughs> today, man. Thanks. Really, yeah, really. Show them pretty nice. good. It was uh, good grapes, just like we said earlier. Well, was 08 a particularly good year? I mean, I've, I remember... I think the only thing I'm keeping around is like some Petit Verdot's from Joey uh, um, Benziger. 2009 was. Oh, this is a nine. Excuse 2009 me. 2009 right? was a. I don't remember to be quite honest. It was a good year. <laughs> this 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 wine was picked um, pretty darn ripe. Um, uh, it had good acid. I think that's part of the reason why it's um, holding on. Anyway. You got a favorite year. Do I? Yeah. Whatever one's in my glass. <laughs> there you go. How about you? This year, I'm 2019. Best my favorite one. I'd say on our vineyard, 2010 was the best. We just got a hold of the vineyard. Phil was just getting it back in shape and everything, and we had some good winemakers making some good wine with it. The only problem was we lost all of our Malbec during that heat spike that we had. Uh -huh. You know, there was 110, 112 degrees for a couple of weeks, and it shrunk. We lost everything. Everyone lost Zen too. The yeah. big Zen loss yeah. in that year too. But the Cabernet was just really, really nice. That was a good wine. And I, frankly, anything after 2014 have been perfect vintages for us, Beautiful. I would say. What, what did uh, Phil end up doing at the vineyard? Oh, he just straightened it out, I guess. I mean, just getting the soil back into shape and, um, you know, pruning. His pruning techniques are really the biggest thing I think that he does is try and just get the right crop load on there so it's self. But but did, did you guys buy the vineyard and put it in, or was it already planted? It was already planted. So it was, and had he planted it? I'm not sure who planted it. He just farmed it when you guys he, took he, over. He farmed it when we took over. I mean, okay. you know, here I am from the Midwest, a grain farmer. You know, I understand Where? farming, but uh, from uh, Illinois, central Illinois. Chicago you know, here. Yeah, I, there I you went go. Chicago. Well, that's like not even Illinois sometimes. <laughs> You're right about that. But, uh yeah, and so Phil came in and just got the soil back alive and everything got and uh, got things going. And we were working with the Benzigers, so you learned a lot from Phil and his group, Jesse and Maya. And then, of course, you're working with Mike Benziger. I mean, all you have to do is open your ears up and you learn Yeah, a ton you've of got stuff. the best. Yeah. How'd you pull that off? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, uh, getting, getting two of the best is just, it's. it's well, I perfect. mean, with Phil, you hire him and yeah. if he takes the job and then. You know, he helps you get to the Benzigers, I would imagine, you know, because you were at the time the Benzigers were looking to find vineyards that were farmed organically because um, they were starting that program and um, and you fit the bill. Right. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, you know, with Mike and uh, Mark, Benz, Mark, uh, Birmingham, Mark Birmingham, you know, the whole crew there. I mean, well, people in Sonoma are so great. I mean, I tell you, that's the one thing you come out here come from central Illinois, you're kind of used to that, but you come here, the same type of people. They're just so down to earth and everybody wants to help everybody. Yeah. That's a nice thing. And so, you know, even though I wasn't working with the Benzigers or Phil, if I needed help and wanted a question, I could ask them. I said, Hey, what about this? What about that? And they were surely just come in and help me out. So it's a great community and Bart's up the hill. I learned a lot from him. I listened to your radio show. I mean, no, everyone's just open book here. So it's a really great place to be. It's a lot like central Illinois. I grew up around Champaign, Illinois, and farm country. 
So my father-in-law was a farmer. My grandma and grandpa were farmers, you know. So. Yeah, that's pretty much pure uh, Midwest right there. Yeah. Huh? The biggest difference is it's not a commodity. You know, right. grape growing here is definitely a specialized crop. And so you have to have the relationships to sell the grapes. And right now my contract's up and hopefully they'll resign it. But if not, I got to create some relationships and figure out who else is going to buy the grapes. And there's always, always something on. You got to be on all the time. I hear there's a lot for sale this year. Yeah. Yeah, I heard of some uh, How Mountain fruit going for $1,500 a ton. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you want to That's a, so let me ask you this. Uh, I mean, Cabernet is a good good um, producer. Um, people typically want it still. Um, Malbec is still, you know, kind of a smaller blender. But have you thought about saying, you know, you're in two vineyards or two varieties and you're a big vineyard. Would you consider saying take a couple acres on to a different variety? Well, so I'll back up. The Malbec is doing awesome. It's a vineyard designate at Lake Sonoma, and it's a really good wine. I meant to bring a bottle, but kind of was rushed here. But uh, if I had a, someone, a winemaker, who wanted to invest in that, I would provide the property to them. And I've kind of thrown that out there a couple times, um, different people. And, you know, it's it's an expensive venture for someone to take on. Right. I mean, because it would mean, it, I guess what what i'm saying is you would you would be open to a winery would what say well we'll take a contract for those two acres and take all of the chenin blanc from it <laughs> no i'm just saying in in like at that like is that what you're looking for and i'm just i'm just i'm asking this out of just curiosity i i like what we have going on now it's unique we have a unique cabernet there you right. know it's, some people call it cool weather but what's cool weather these days yeah and the interesting thing is it gets ripe yeah. And so our Cabernet hangs longer than anybody else's Cabernet in the Valley. So if you talk about getting a whole interesting, you know, fruit flavor, fruit profile, you know, it's taking a long time to ripen, which means we're just gaining a lot of fruit profile. And then, you know, the last week, boom, we lose those green flavors and everything comes together. And it's a really, really nice Cabernet. What, what I, is on the property? What, do you, what exactly do you have growing on the property? It's, it's five acres of Cabernet and uh, three acres of Malbec. Okay, that's it. That's it, yeah. Okay, cool. And who is it? Who who are you selling to right now? It's Valley of the Moon and Lake Sonoma, right? You know, so okay, we were selling to Benzigers. We were selling to Vianza for a while. Um, so, what, yeah. what the hell were you talking about, Chenin Blanc? I was like, no, oh, you have Chenin Blanc growing on. I must have lost you. I was asking, would you think about T-Budding over a section oh, of the vineyard? Because he was saying his right. contract's up okay. and he's hoping to find no, a new but contract. Let's, let's talk about who's the guy we were talking to the other day, Leo McCloskey? Yes. Right? And what was he was he was saying there was one particular varietal that he would plant right now in California based on all his weather models that he can provide you. Well, I th he said he would plant. Wasn't it Verdeo? It was, it was Verdeo and he would make it like Chardonnay. But. And Leo may be on the show sometime. I and, hope so. Maybe, I think he's and fascinating. Maybe he's listening, but you know, Leo's out there. <laughs> <laughs> but someone who's talking about actual evidence, like they have like satellite and well, weather. What, what he has is he has data and he has his opinion. We'll, we'll have him on. And, and okay, because it seems like him. that's his business. His business is data. Right. He he's never grown grapes. I mean, he worked at Ridge Winery, and, and he's a scientist, and, and he's about—his um, his company was established with collecting um, data from wine, like tannin levels, um, and then predicting— uh, I know, this is Brian. all well, good stuff. This you oh, don't you don't like the movie Moneyball? No, no. <laughs> this is like the Moneyball of the right, wine industry. Correct. 
correct. It is. And there are people using it and they will yeah. say that they're having success. Leo says that you don't that he can make you a hundred point wine and you know, he doesn't even have to taste the wine. Right. Don't, don't get me wrong. I like that. what we got going on here. I think there we have we actually did tea butt over to Malbec right. because it is a really really good Malbec site. And so and, and, the, and I wasn't I was just yeah. curious. You know, I mean, I've I've always thought Danny Fay came by in 2015 and you notice he was looking for a couple of vineyards to work with and stuff and I didn't have the ability to give him any fruit and he goes off and and gets some awesome fruit up there from Corbin Camera or Corbin yeah. up there and um so yeah, there's always someone comes expand. along. Yeah. yeah, and so there's people who who appreciate the Cabernet that we're growing there, and, and and that's and that's where I was going, Steve. I mean, you know, we just had um, that episode with Katie Bunchu, and you know, they're yeah. investing in cool cab, um, you know, and so, you know, send them a couple times. Yeah, I know. So. I kind of want to talk to Katie and kind of see yeah. what she has going on. But if I could stick with what I'm doing now, they make good wine, and they're it's a nice relationship. It's you know, I yeah. could sell to Napa, I could sell my fruit to Napa. I don't want to do that. Right. I want to stay in Sonoma. And yeah. so it's Well, that's uh, good. Good yeah. for you. We yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, and the whole cool climate cab thing is a is a Yeah. is a cool conversation. And yeah, I, after that episode, I sold a couple bottles of the we've got the Gunlock Bunchu Reserve 2010 cab. People were looking for something dark and it's like squid ink. Right. <laughs> the cool climate cab age is amazing. I mean, you open a 2010 yeah. of our cab that Vianza made, and there was no special winemaking went into this wine. And on its own, the acids hold everything up, and the tannins are a little bit softer than you get up in the you know the mountain areas and stuff. And so it makes for a really good wine. Well, and your vineyard is, you know, it's on all those cobbles. Yeah. And I really think that you can taste that in those wines, um, and that's why I like that area. Well, we're also right next to Max Stone Edge. I right. mean, you kind of look at what they're doing over there, and yeah. you just kind of mimic it that's why i kind of thought we had something good going on yeah. there too yeah oh yeah no did, i think it's great did you see those posts that uh elaine brown hawk waka 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 uh was doing from france and it was a bunch of different core samples and just a, a whole week on different soil types mm -hmm. and you know the rockier it is mm -hmm. over there the the Better they like it. Man. I'm experimenting so with that now. I'm piling rocks underneath some vines and see what kind of difference it makes. I mean, I'm trying anything. I think they need so to be down. So is there any, um, I guess there's no $1,500 a ton uh, cool climate cab from Lazy Dog then? <laughs> but we'll see what happens after the generator gets back going again. <laughs> how, how much longer could you let that sit? Yeah, so I, I kind of defer to Bart a little bit on this because he's watched it. But it's the canopy is really strong, and uh, we have some dehydration going on. But there's more good fruit than dehydrating fruit, I would say. Um, the way it's oriented, we've got a pretty good shade on the side. And, and uh, so I think we got a week at least so we can let it sit. I mean, that's, that's going to be the whole thing is just how much dehydration. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of winemakers. They're looking for it to dehydrate before they pick it. But yeah. as a grape grower, you never like to see that. You like to see your fruit go in and be sound fruit and look good. and Right? No, definitely. I mean, that's the thing is I, I could... I want our grapes to be good. I mean, we could hang a lot more fruit out there and everything else, but we want, yeah. we want to be proud of when you taste that wine. And that's Lazy Dog wine. And yeah. it is distinctive. It is a distinctive taste that you have to us, this area here. Yeah. you got to admit, it's yeah. it's pretty unique. And so we'll see what happens. Does uh, Todd have, Todd Jolly at Sonoma's Best have Lazy Dog? No, you have to go to the Lake Sonoma off the square. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Just, just right by EDK. Yeah. It's right there. Well, there has been some changes on plaza over the last year of different people i mean steve's gone yeah has completely yeah gone up, up to kenwood. kenwood things are doing going great for them 
They really love it up there. Mm-hmm. They deserve that, and yep. I need to get up there. Yeah. Um, I find that I need I need to talk to all of my wine friends because we're out. You know, I mean, it's just I haven't been buying. I haven't been drinking, which is amazing. Sorry, we're making up for you, John. Yeah. Can you pass me that Syrah, by the way? That Syrah is amazing. Yeah. Uh, what shout-outs do we have today? Roger Randall, of course, then uh, Dave Hayes. Dave was, says he was uh, up, getting ready to come out here, uh, you know, and putting a trip together, I think, for spring, isn't it? And so I... Well, and, take and, them around uh, to a couple great places. You know, shout out to Melanie, of course, down in Paso Robles. We, Bart, are you still thinking about, or has it happened already? The garage. I uh, didn't. I they they filled up that event, and I've not gotten a call for a cancellation. So okay, I don't think it's going to happen. So my next time down there will probably be for uh, HDR. Yeah. Okay. Um, Paso down there. Yeah. Yeah, Mel- Melanie was just asking if we were coming down for the garage oh, okay. um, wine tasting. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be able to work for me. So I'm so glad that she finally got all that together and she's working on her on her ranch. I think that's very cool. Do, so yeah. you talked to her? Was she doing? No, well? no, oh, just just, uh, just a message here. Or yeah, there or something. yeah. Um, no, I have. You guys were talking about Instagram, and I'm and I'm like, shit, I haven't seen Instagram in four days because I don't have any internet or Wi-Fi or. <laughs> No television. Everybody's down, brother. Um, Everybody's yeah. So I, it's interesting. You've never lost power, but yet you have no cable. No cable. No. Right. It went out at like ten thirty at night, like three, or, three or four days ago, and yeah. it just uh, never came on. So you know, our router doesn't work. Our our landline doesn't work. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we're in the weird position. Last time we didn't have power, but. Um, this time we have power, but just have no ability to ha- communicate with anyone. Even even text messages sometimes will, I mean, they'll take like 15, 20 minutes to, to go through to someone. And I haven't seen the news, so I just ask other people what the hell's going on, because I have no idea what's going on. We yeah. just have, then we'll have people show up at our house that, you know, live in Sebastopol that we're told to leave. And, and then people that don't have power will show up. We're like, got a bunch of shit in our freezer and refrigerator from other people's houses, because last time we had to throw up throw out a bunch of stuff so just uh man i can't wait to go to hawaii <laughs> when are you going the 8th through the 16th oh nice where are you gonna stay um one island uh Kauai and then maui beautiful yeah beautiful i'm so. trying to talk joan into it, but i think it's good we're gonna end up in carmel instead but that's okay with me yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> You've been out one day, you know, you're getting all excited planning vacations and, I could just and see going to see. Like in the airport right <clears throat> yeah, now. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, right. come on, John. No, I Enjoy Carmel. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> trying. Take it easy, buddy. I'm Take trying. One step at a time. Yeah. yeah this like is, I said, I mean, I'll, tomorrow I'll, I'll leave here. I'll go sit, sit on ice for the next six, okay. eight hours. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's what we want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's all fun, man. It yeah. really is. And Phil Katuri with there us. There he is. Army green Honda ATV in the back. That's, you gotta love uh, Phil. Yeah, yeah. it's class. So, <laughs> yeah. are right. we are we done? Excellent. Um, well, then thanks everybody for listening. And uh, yeah, get those um, historic vineyard <laughs> society um, tickets at Sonoma's Best. There's not going to be any tickets. No, it's they're still for sale. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And when or, is this? Uh, it'll 
November stall yeah. for me. Someone tell us. Ah, damn, I, I missed the last one. Bought the ticket and missed the last Just one. go to Sonoma's Best website and you can access through there. That's what Todd yeah. said last time he was on. Well, Todd's looking good and, he, and God, the baby's growing up. So is Sam's baby. Unbelievable. He's that is the me. biggest head of hair I've ever seen on a kid. It came out like that. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It started right out <laughs> yeah. of the box, but that's cute. Um, yeah. I see Sam walking the walking her all the time up and down you know solano avenue it's pretty funny yeah well we were able to uh sam came over and picked up a bunch of uh, photos that i had done and uh he brought uh his daughter and she's just a beautiful she's yeah. stunning young lady absolutely the most beautiful young woman in sonoma yep and always moment. seems to always be happy if sam says that's not true but whenever i see her she's got a smile yeah november 7th Historic Vineyard Society at Sonoma's Best, November seventh. Okay, five p.m. Get your tickets. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, because I don't think there's going to be any tickets left. That's going to be a cool thing. All right, guys, we will look forward to talking to you next week. I think uh, Bart, we got uh, Kieran Robinson in town, so we're going to try and hook him up. But we haven't talked to him in a while and see what's going on with if he's doing anything other than Syrah and Viognier. Uh, Speaking of out of town, be- guys, when does uh, Randy Hester get back? Randy doesn't. He's too way too important to be on. Oh, there's a throwdown right there. It sounds <laughs> yes, like he is. He's just too much. Yeah, we could never land that whale. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> then we'll do one uh, over the phone with him. Let's just buy a bottle you of, know his, what? I, I, of his lightning Grenache, which I highly I'm, recommend. I'm, so do I. And we'll just drink. We'll drink it on the show, and we'll talk about how cool Randy is. We'll make up there stuff about him. Right? We can just put a bandana <laughs> down around a microphone on the other side of the right. table. Start taking right. photos and of a that. Big, and a big fake CL beard. Putan honorary mic. Alright. <laughs> Alright, everybody. Cool. Alright, we'll Thanks. look forward to talking to you next Thanks week. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys.